Hello, we're coming to you on a Facebook Live for uh, Manchester City on the Manchester Evening News page. And we're also uh, recording a podcast for Talking City. So we're doing a, a double header today. And uh, I'm going to uh, talk you through today. And with me is Stuart Brennan. How are you doing, Stu? Fine, fine. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully a good game of football between City and Leeds. But I think before we get onto that, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about. We've got transfers, we've got Champions League draw, um, and we've got a couple of games uh, from the start of the season. Uh, we've, we saw a bit of a nightmare of City 2, Leicester 5. So I think, I don't know about you, but I think City will be very glad to have got that Burnley game in and a good performance and a, and a big win going into the weekend. What do you think? Yes, um, although Burnley were pretty obliging, I think. <laughs> you, you kind of expect after after a game, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, after a game like that, you know, where you've been so poor defensively against Leicester, the last thing you'd want is going to Burnley. I mean, Pep Cole going to Burnley, a trip to the dentist, didn't he? But <laughs> they're not quite... I mean, last season, City went there and won 4-0 without getting out of second gear. Um, and they pretty much did the same this time. You know, it was it was a bit of a breeze. Burnley just... Burnley just stood back and, you know, they, they put all the faith in putting those long balls up uh, to the big man or the big two men as it ended up up front. Uh, so, really, it was easy. So, you know, Leeds will be a different proposition from what we've seen of them so far this season, especially that performance at Anfield. You know, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. They almost... I mean, I'm of a generation where everybody who isn't a Leeds fan hates Leeds. <laughs> But they're turning me around because, you know, the yeah. football they play is great. You know, it's lovely to watch. You know, it's a far cry from from the Billy Bremner, Norman Hunter era that, that I just about remember, can I say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be, a, it'll be a totally different proposition. And it's a real test, a real test for, for City. I mean, for the confidence in terms of the way they play, because Leeds will get at you and they'll, they'll press you. And when they get the ball, they know they know what they're doing. As Liverpool found out, I thought I thought Leeds were brilliant at Anfield. Um, so you know it's going to be a going to be a huge test, especially at Ellen Road. Uh, I've not been there for seventeen years. I was working it out this morning, so uh, it'll be good to go back get back to Ellen Road and, uh, and and see it see it up live. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd echo what you say. Leeds have been sort of a refreshing uh, promoted side. You normally see promoted sides come up and play it sort of safe a bit but Leeds have in the first three games have been been excellent I think and and they're, they're going to pose City problems I think before we carry on if you've got any questions or comments um, leave them in the comments and we'll we'll try and get them and answer answer them if there's any transfer questions you've got for us try, uh, we'll try and answer them let us know um, but yeah about Leeds I was speaking I don't know if anyone saw on, on Facebook yesterday to our friends at Leeds Live and they were saying that they're very confident because Leeds are just going to play as they've always played. That's what Marcelo Bielsa said. Um, they've got a way of playing and, and they feel like their style of play suits City perfectly. So City will make mistakes. But we, we're kind of accustomed to that. And it's just how, how they deal with it. And, and they were kind of expecting quite a, a high scoring game, which I think I would have to agree with, really. Um, even though City are lacking the two strikers, um, I think... It's hopefully touch wood. It's going to be an entertaining game, but um, it's one that City definitely could um, slip up on. I think, um, as we saw, Liverpool nearly got um, nearly slipped up. Um, they'll be without Jack Harrison, who's a the City player, so that might disrupt them a little bit. But um, what did you make of Marcelo Bielsa's comments that um, of, of his relationship with Pep Guardiola? And did you see those two? I didn't actually. No, no. Mm -hmm. well, he, he was. 
general it was general praise for uh, for Guardiola, but he said he's not the mentor to Guardiola. And I found it really interesting that when he was asked, um, could Guardiola do what Bielsa's done and take over a mid-table championship side and sort of take them up and change them completely from top to bottom and make them into a really attacking side and uh, I think all Bielsa, Bielsa said was without a doubt so it uh, disproved the uh, the accusations that's been flying against Guardiola for quite a while that he can only do it with money uh, so I thought that was quite interesting Well Pep, Pep always agrees when you, when people ask whether he's been sarcastic or not I don't know but Pep always agrees he always says yeah I, I must admit that to play my, my brand of football you need top players yeah. That's what, but I mean, you know, when when he, you've got to remember when he started out, he was he was the Barcelona B coach. That's where he he first made his name. That's what prompted the Barcelona hierarchy to to promote him to the first team uh, because he he did he, he worked wonders with the the Barcelona B team. Now, of course, you still got a very good standard of player uh, in Barcelona B. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't be at the club if they weren't. But you know, he, he wasn't working with Messi at that point, and he wasn't working with. Uh, Iniesta and Xavi and, and and the rest. He was working with young players and did extremely well. Um, and that that you know any anyone who who thinks that about Guardiola that he's a coach who can only do it with money is talking nonsense. You just look at the players he's improved. Um, at, you know at, at City and, and everywhere else he's been. Um, you know so if if you can improve very good players to become world class players, you can improve average players to become good players. You know it's it's uh, that the Fraudiola thing is utter nonsense, and anyone who's watched City over the last three years can see that the way Sterling's improved, uh, he improved. He, people talk about John Stones, but John Stones has had other issues. But John John Stones has, um, you know, he's had injuries, he's had lo- loss of confidence, loss of form. He struggled to play in that in that City system. There are other things that is that is not because of anything that. Uh, that Pep Guardiola has done with him, you, you know, and just about everybody else in the squad, you would argue, has, has improved. I would say uh, since 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 Pep came in. So um, so there we have it. Um, question from Susan Lolly. So how are we going to be against Leeds? What what do you think, Joe? Um, I don't know. Is it, should we say that as a as a team lineup question? I think. Um, I'd like to see the new signing, Ruben Diaz, play. I think he's been training for yesterday and probably today. He's He was playing at the weekend for Benfica. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't come straight in if he's fit. Um, I think he'd immediately improve that defence, uh, a defence that, of course, conceded five at the weekend. So uh, any improvement to that is, is going to be a welcome one. Um, I think some of the team selections against Burnley will sort of, tell us what's going to happen against Leeds. So Foden didn't play against Burnley, so you'd expect him to come in. Nathan Ake started on the bench. He will probably come in. It'll be interesting to see the defensive partnership at the back with Laporte getting through 90 minutes, but it was his first 90 minutes. What about what What are you thinking? Any, any I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if Diaz plays. Mm. Uh, you know, two days of training uh, and yesterday's training won't have been with most of the squad because it'll have been their day off. You know all the players who played at Burnley, so I'd be very surprised if he does uh, if he does start. Um, see, my Abba has, has just asked that question about can he play tomorrow. Personally, I, I don't I don't think so. Um, I remember Vincent Company uh, told me that playing central defence for City 
is, or for any Pep Guardiola team, is one of the most difficult things because you're playing that high line. You're expected to be a, a footballer as well as a defender. You know, there is so much to learn before you even set foot on the field. And I don't think two days um, is going to be enough. You know, we, we've not seen much of Diaz. He's still only 23. You know, we still, and I know he's got, he's got what, 19 caps for Portugal. Um, he went to the World Cup. He didn't play at the World Cup, but he, he, he went. So he's, he's got experience uh, and he, he's captain Portugal at, at, at junior levels. So he's obviously got a little bit about him. Um but it's quite a big ask. And I don't think there's any need for him to go in. Um, Laporte came back and made a difference. I know it was against Burnley, but Laporte makes a difference. I mean, our colleague Simon Bykowski was at the game and he mentioned how you could hear Laporte all the time, you know, organising the defence, showing that leadership that sometimes lacks a little bit. Um, so Laporte coming back in steadies the ship to some tune. Um, putting Diaz in would be a risk. I, I'd suggest he might be on the bench. And then if things are going well, bring him on just to to get him up to speed. Uh, but the way Pep's mind works, he, he tends to he tends to be a little bit cautious when a new player comes in. And he's got two weeks the international break. I, I know Diaz will be a, uh, will be will be away as will the rest of the squad pretty much. Um, but he'll be thinking that that longer term, I, I, I would think. But Pep always surprises us with his team selection. <laughs> you know, the number of times we get asked to, to predict a team and he, he just comes up with something completely left field that you, you don't expect. Um, so I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't think Diaz will play, but he's always got a surprise in his, in his locker, Pep. Yeah, that's it. I don't, I think we, we predict the team every week and I don't think I've ever got a Pep Guardiola team right. <laughs> I think I've done, I've done it once, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. I mean, Craig, Craig Williams is asking Delap up top. Um, again, I don't think there's any need. I don't think he will. Um, you know, Delap's in there because Jesus and Aguero are injured. Uh, although, having said that, I mean, I was quite surprised against Leicester at 1-1 that he brought Delap on. Mm. That's, that's almost, you know, I've never seen him do... I mean, even with Foden, when Foden was 17... He would get brought on when the game was 4-0 um, or he'd play in the, in the Carabao Cup. You didn't see him being brought on five minutes into the second half when they need to go and win the game. It was almost saying, right, Liam, go and win us the game kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It, did, it didn't work. In fact, it backfired because he took Fernandinho off and I thought City uh, fell apart a little bit um, with that. But, you know, Delap is only 17. He's, he's a big burden. I think I think he looked a little bit... I know he hit the bar with a header against Leicester. That was his one moment. I think he, look, he looked a little bit lost. There was one or two little moments around the box where he showed his footwork. But, you know, against Leeds at Ellen Road, um, I wouldn't have thought that's a place for a 17-year-old. And again, there's not, not a great deal of need. Sterling played central. At first, it looked like the old Sterling at Burnley. You know, he was missing chances. But yeah. then... He pops up and he scores a couple and assists the other one. So, you know, I I don't I think Delap will be on the bench uh, and may get a run out, but uh I'd be surprised if he if he starts. Yeah, I think the thing with Sterling as well was that the keeper had an absolute blinder for Burnley as well. So he, he kept the score down to, to three nil. Uh, I think yeah. he's got and Sterling's one of the fittest players in the team. He can play play all the time. So there's only one more game until the international break when I hope 
hopefully Jesus will be back. I think he's put on Instagram that he's back at the training ground doing some work, whether that's running or just fitness work, I don't know. But hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Um, Natek asks, are we signing a new striker? So this is on to some transfer talk. The transfer window closes on Monday night. Um, what can you tell us about transfers, Stu? Uh, new striker? No, it's not happening. Um, I mean, that, that's been the case all along. I mean, there was talk earlier in the window that City had a £300 million budget this summer, but no, that was never never going to be the case. You know, they, they've got to be careful. They've got to be careful with, with financial fair play. They've run foul of that before, of course. Um, the priority this summer was getting that central defence sorted out. Um, and they've pretty much done that. They brought in Diaz, they brought in Ake. Well, say they say they've done it. We've got to see them play and fit in yet. But but uh, the, on the face of it, they've, they've got that. They've, they've spent a bit of money on on getting those two uh, in. They brought in a replacement for Sane at a good price uh, in in Torres. Uh, but they were never ever planning to get another striker. They've got Aguero. He's got another season. Gabriel Jesus. Uh, I you know there's some fans that are still a little bit doubtful about Jesus. For me. He's still a young player and he's still getting better. Uh, and I think he he's, he's different to Aguero. He's not got the goal output, but he creates so many goals for other players. And then you see him man of the match in the two games against Real Madrid. That tells you something. Um, I think Jesus will come. But next summer, I suspect striker will be the priority. Um, it's interesting that Liam Delap has, has come through at this stage because you kind of wonder if he has a good year, you know, whether it's around the fringes of the first team or in the EDS. Um, you know, he'll be a year older by next summer. Does he automatically become that 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 striker? Uh, I think that would be a big ask even for an eight for an 18-year-old, which he will be next summer. Um, and I think the City will be looking in the market. Um, but strikers come at a premium. You know, you've just seen City pay 65 million for a centre back. To get a striker to replace Sergio Aguero, what kind of money do you have to spend? Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, but the simple answer, Natak, is that um, new striker is one for next summer. Um, in terms of this transfer window, I'd be very, very surprised if City came up with any more signings between now and Monday. Um, all, the, all the vibes I'm getting from the club are that, um, you know, it's like out of a million, I would say there's... 999,999 chance that they won't buy anybody else. But you never know. Um, I think a left-back would have been the only possibility. Uh, obviously, they're losing patience with Ben Mendy a little bit because his, his injury record is not great. And then since he came back from his last injury, he's been really dodgy defensively. We saw that against Leicester. Um, so they've lost patience a little bit and they, they have been casting around. I know that they've been looking at other options. Everyone's talking about Tagliafico from, from Ajax. Uh, he's definitely on the radar of City. But the problem that City have got, they will not bring anyone in unless they can move somebody out. Uh, the one that they could move out is Zinchenko, uh, who doesn't want to go anywhere. We've seen this with Zinchenko before. They've, 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 they've talked about him being on the, you know, being open open to buy uh, about three times in the past three years. Uh, and every time Zinchenko said, no, I want to stay and fight for my place. And he's done that. Uh, and he's done that quite well from, from 2017. There's no chance he was staying at the club. Newcastle, Wolves, Palace, they were all in for him. We thought he was going to go. Uh, but he dug his heels in and said, no, I want to be a success at City. 
and he, he played an important part in in uh, in those two title title seasons. So you know, yeah, and it seems we're at that position again. Sinchenko doesn't want to go. Pep said he's definitely not going. So if Sinchenko doesn't go, there's no way a new left back is coming in, from what I'm hearing. Um, that situation might change. Sinchenko might suddenly think, actually, yeah. And if, if that happens and a deal happens quickly, but we're at the, we're into the weekend now. We're into matches. Um, whether anything could get done by Monday is is another matter. But I would suggest that there will be no more incoming transfers. Possible outgoing, but not not incoming. Yeah, and I don't think that is what City fans want to hear. I know, I know left-back is a, a sort of a position that fans have a lot of opinions on, but if Sinchenko does have that attitude again and he can come back, and I know he's had a bit of a rocky few months, he wasn't the best after lockdown. That mistake at Southampton was sort of the end of his season, really. I, I don't think he had many other big opportunities to prove himself. But if he can sort of knuckle back when he comes back from injury and, and put his head down and, and fight for his place, I think there is a left-back berth there to be won. Like you say, Benjamin Mendy isn't completely convincing. He was a bit on the other cross for Sterling's opening goal was uh, the old Benjamin. That was uh, good to see. And I think four players who can play play in that position. So... That's what that's what would have surprised me if, if they were going to bring in a left back because they've got so many options there and it's uh, not really a glowing endorsement of of any of those players who can who can play there. Shao um, Cancelo might come back. He's been named in the Portugal squad, so hopefully that's an indication that he's he's nearing a return. Um, I, I don't know if we've got any more questions. If if you are watching, get some questions in. Um, should we look? At, go on. Yeah, no, I was just going to say. I mean, uh, when you when you top up the city squad now. Last season they were short of a centre back. Uh, they had to move. They moved Fernandinho back there, but even that didn't didn't solve the problem because then Laporte was out injured for most of the season. Um, so they were short of a centre back. But now they bought brought two centre backs in, got rid of one, so they're up to speed. We've got four centre backs, five if you include Garcia uh, and Pep keeps throwing young Taylor Howard Bellis's name in as well as being in in that mix. Um, so centre backs solved, but. Uh, they've still got a problem, it's not a problem, but in midfield, they always talk about top Premier League clubs having two players for every position. Um, they've got six players who play up top. They've got um, eight defenders, so that's no problem. In midfield, you know, unless you include players like uh, Bernardo, um, well, unless you include Bernardo, who, who I would class uh, as competition with Mares on, on the right wing more. Um, this and if you include Foden as a, a midfielder, uh, they've still got five out of the six positions, so they've still got a, a berth. Arguably, still got a berth for a for a midfielder. Now, the way City have solved that in the past is they have they have players who can play in so many different positions. So um, Bernardo could play that clearly. That was his original original reason for him being bought was as a long term replacement for David Silva. Um, and Zinchenko can play there. We've seen him play that further up role. He plays for Ukraine in that role, mm. sort of a left-sided midfielder. And you, obviously, we don't see a lot of Ukraine playing, but whenever you, whenever you, you you look at the reports afterwards, he's been the best player on the park, playing mm. in that left midfield position. So Zinchenko can do that as well. Um, and Tommy Doyle has just been given a five-year contract, which suggests, I mean, we, we've not had this firmed up yet, but it suggests he's, he's not, well, he, he pretty much is a, a, a full-time member of the first team squad still only 18 a lot of lot of pressure on a on an 18 year old to play in the david silver role that's for sure i mean folding is 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 
he's, he's doing it, but Foden's exceptional um, and, and was probably more precocious than than, uh, than Tommy Doyle. But there is that, that midfield berth is up for grabs and Zinchenko will be eyeing it up. Uh, Tommy Doyle will be eyeing it up. Bernardo yeah. Silva will be eyeing it up. But but there is still that, that, that happening there. We've got a question here from Mike who says, do you think the centre-backs should drop off a bit? The system gives the defence a problem. It squeezes play to win the ball back, but we get caught out too often. Um, I would say that that sort of harks back to what you've just been saying. You've got players who can play in different positions and you look at the Wolves win on the opening day. You had um, Fernandinho and Rodri playing in sort of the, the dreaded double, double pivot, if you like. But I thought that was a really interesting formation because you had... Fernandinho dropping back into defence when needed, when the attack, uh, when the Wolves' attack was sort of threatening, but then also carrying the ball forward. And at some points, he was even joining and uh, acting as a bit of a winger at times. So I think having those players who can play different positions is sort of the way around that. I would say I don't know, don't know what you think about that. The defenders dropping off a bit. Guardiola's whole ethic is to play that high line. His, his whole game depends on it. He's not going to change that. He's not going to change that. That is what his team does. Um, I mentioned earlier, Vincent Company talking about that, you know, how difficult it is playing up, especially if you're not particularly... I mean, Company wasn't quick. Otamendi, incredibly slow. Um, you know, City have, City have played that high line with slow centre-backs. So you've got players like Vardy running in behind you. It's tough. It's tough. So for me... That's one of the biggest things that, that that City have done this summer. They've added that little bit more pace. Walker was the only the only truly quick defender they had, uh, and you see him scurrying back. But Walker plays so high up, you know, he, he's level with the the opposition eighteen yard box half the time. So, um, you know, City will continue to play high, but Ake is fairly quick. Uh, from what we're hearing, Diaz is pretty quick for a big man. Uh, Laporte is is no slouch. Um, so you've got to be a really, really good defender. I mean, Company used to make up for it because he was so good at timing. He was he was a little bit cynical at times. You know, he'd take a player out and take a book in, um, as Fernandinho does regularly. Um, but the chances of City abandoning that high line are just, just zero. It's heart-in-the-mouth stuff, but they played that high line for the two title seasons. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the high line is the problem. The problem is further forward, not losing possession and reacting when you do lose possession. Uh, I, I thought it was noticeable against Leicester. City will lose. Pep talked about Jamie Vardy playing 12, 15 yards outside their box and how difficult that made it um, because he, he was just sitting in there and, and cutting out, um, you know, De Bruyne, cutting out Rodri getting involved. Um, but that should mean that Leicester shouldn't be breaking on City. If they if they crammed all their 11 players into the final 20 yards of the pitch, when they get the ball back, City should be able to react. But you, you'd saw it time and time again, them getting a three-on-two with City because the City midfield didn't react quickly enough. Um, now, that that is a problem to me. Um, when you see, you know, De Bruyne has been so dynamic. I thought he was partly guilty. Um it's hard to criticise De Bruyne these days, but I didn't think that the reaction was quick enough. And I, I don't know because Pep, Pep won't criticise his players in public, but uh, I would suspect that privately he's telling them they're going to have to start reacting. In, in the title season, we saw it, you know, when City lost the ball 
it, it was incredible. You know, the, the, they were tigers. They were all around it. They were swarming all over the opposition. They won the ball back. Is it a five-second rule they talk about? They got the ball back within five seconds, back on the attack again. You didn't need a defence. You know, the defenders were all attackers. They just penned teams in and beat them. Teams have, teams have worked on that. Teams, have, You know, canny teams like Leicester have learned how to how to counter it. And when you've got quick players like Vardy and, you know, Harvey Barnes, people like that, you can do. You can you can, you can break on City quick and, and uh, you know, punish them, damage them. Uh, and that, so that that is the double pivot is was a you know was a reaction to that obviously um, it worked against Wolves didn't work so well against Leicester but I think part of the problem with that is that Rodri's slow Fernandinho is slower than he used to be and he was never particularly quick um, so the problem you've got again is dynamic I think Phil Foden coming in. Would, would uh, he didn't work against Leicester, but I think Phil Foden is a player because he's got that bit more dynamism about him. De Bruyne usually is, so you know I, th- I think you need a more dynamic midfield, especially if you're going to play Rodri, get back and 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 cover one, once the ball gets lost in the final third. Yeah, I found it really interesting. Um, again, Leicester that Jamie Vardy came out afterwards and said he was tasked marking Rodri, keeping Rodri out of the game. And that allowed Leicester to, to break as they wanted to. And, and for me, Vardy was the difference between the two sides in that game. He oh, won yeah. two penalties, very, very clear against Garcia and Ake. Um, he gave the referee no choice, even if the defenders didn't really know they were fouling him. By the time that they knew he was there, he was on the floor and the ref had given a penalty. Um, and I think if City had had someone like Aguero in the box, there were a couple of crosses that went across that just no one was there. So... Uh, I think having a quality striker that Leicester had and City didn't was one of the differences between the two sides there. Um, we've got a question from Sam. Should we look at giving Sergio Aguero a one-year extension, looking at his injury record and his age? If we don't, then should we look at signing a new striker or use Jesus as number one? Um, I think we've touched on that a little bit, that a new striker will be needed, but I'm I'm a big fan of Jesus. And I think when Aguero goes, I think Jesus should be given a chance to at least stake his claim to be to be first choice because, as you say, he brings a lot of other players into play. He plays for the team. Um, his hold-up play has improved so much over the last year or so. And he's um, he's slowly adding the goals to his game um, and cutting out the the misses that seem to frustrate fans. But I think as an all-round player, Jesus is, is only ever going to get better and deserves that chance. But he does need, for me, someone else. And like you say, someone else will come at a premium price uh, if they want to get a new striker in next summer. But should they give a look at giving Aguero another another year on his deal? Um, I think that will depend on this season. Um, obviously, he's out injured at the moment. Uh, when Pep was asked about his injury towards the end of last season, he he he'd sort of looked down the camera and said he's thirty-two. You know, you kind of expect him to be a bit slower getting back from injury. It's going to take more time. Now that's a sign that he's perhaps he is slowing up a bit. Um, I mean, he was great last season until he got injured. You know, he was he was scoring well. Um, he's looking the part. So a lot depends. He's usually slow in coming back from injury. Aguero, it'll take him three or four games to get back in the groove. So a lot will depend how he comes back from this injury and how he goes. You know, if if he's if he's still performing to the same levels as he was last season, by the end, by March, April, I'm sure they'll have no qualms in giving him another year on his contract. Um, I mean, they've always said that 
Aguero will choose his own retirement date, which is quite quite a dangerous thing to say, really. You know, because although we do know that he wants to go back to uh, to Argentina to finish his career. So, you know, that he's, he's likely to call it a day when he feels that um, he's no longer performing at a Premier League level. Um, but, yeah, like, like you say with Jesus, he, he doesn't have that goal output, but he, he, he does so much more. He creates for other people. Uh, and I, th- I think the goals will come more. I think he is a good yeah. finisher, Jesus. I think he's better than people give him credit for. But you hold him up against the best finish or the best goal scorer that the Premier League's seen, in my opinion. You know, and there's been some really good ones, but uh, I think Aguero is the best of the lot and his stats back that up. You know, he's, he's the most lethal. But Jesus is up there. You know, he's, he's top three or four in, in Premier League history in terms of goals per minute. Um, a lot of people say, yeah, because he's playing in a great team. That team, But that's not... They were all playing in, You know, Thierry Henry was playing in a great team. Ruud van Nistelrooy was playing in a great team. It's not, it's not just, just about that. Uh, and I, you look at, I mean, people also forget how young Jesus is. He came into this team at, what, he was 19, was he? Uh, to 19, 20. Um, Aguero came to City at 23. He already had a lot of European experience. He was playing at a top level with Atletico Madrid. Um, he was already an international. Uh, and I know Jesus was already international, but he was a precocious talent. But um, Jesus is 23 now. You know, and he's already been been playing at this level for City for a few years. So perhaps the holding him up against Aguero that should start this season by by that token. He's now at the age Aguero was when Aguero came. And of course, Aguero had a great start. He scored two on his debut against Swansea. Uh, one of them an absolute stunner. So you know, it, it's a tough ask for anybody. Um, and Jesus will, all, you know, when we've asked him in the past, you know, about. Comparing to Aguero, he's always very polite and pleasant about it. But he always says, "You know, you can't compare me to to Aguero. The man's a legend, uh, you yeah. know, and he's he's very humble about it." But um, I think in the next two or three years, it's quite often the case as well that um, players like that flourish when the other guy's gone. I know. I mean, Fernandinho for me, once Yaya Torre started winding down and being left out, and Fernandinho was made the main man in midfield rather than uh, Yaya's water carrier, I thought Fernandinho blossomed and became a best midfielder in the Premier League. Uh, before that, he was always, he was the man, Yaya was the man, and Fernandinho sort of played around the edges and did the, did the messy stuff for him. Um, and, it, you know, that I I could see that happening with Jesus. He's, he's had that battle with Aguero for a place. Um, they've, they've occasionally made it successful that they could play the two together. Um, but not Pep doesn't seem to like doing it very much, um, but I think that Jesus will will flourish once once Aguero starts to wind down and, and take a step back and then and then perhaps leave the club. Yeah, and I think we saw that towards the end of last season when when Aguero was injured that Jesus finally got a run of games and started yeah. to back it up with the performances and the goals and that makes his record, as you say, the goals per minute record even more impressive because he's had to do that with the odd sub appearance here and there or the sort of the the games that he knows he's not going to play the next game, so he's got to make an impression. So um yeah, Jesus's attitude is always something that's impressed me. And hopefully, like say, like Fernandinho, people finally started to sit up and recognise and think, hold on, he's been playing really good for the last five years, but we've not actually noticed it because someone else was there. So mm-hmm. hopefully 
um, it, uh, Jesus can get that chance even when Aguero leaves. Um, we know his contract's up at the end of the season, so we'll see what happens there. Um, before we go, I think let's have a quick look ahead to, to Leeds. We've touched on it already. Um, what sort of game are you predicting? What sort of score? Are you, are you predicting a high-scoring game? That's what I'm, I'm thinking, but is there any chance of a nil-nil, for example? I'm heading straight down the bookies and putting 50 quid on a seven-all draw. I think, uh, you know, we're all expecting it to be 5-4 or 4-3 or, or something like that. So it'll probably be a nil-nil. <laughs> these, these are the way it usually works. But I, I just think in football terms, it's got the makings of a classic. Um, you know, two teams who, who will go out and look to attack. Who, who both play football the way football was meant to be played. Uh, and I, I just think that it will be a. I think it will be a, a really, really good game for the neutral. Might not be so great for City fans or Leeds fans because I think it's going to be heart in the mouth, edge of the seat kind of thing. You know, and City's high line being exposed and having to deal with that. Um, but but City can get at that Leeds defence as well. We we know that. And if if it, you know, we, you talked earlier about Leeds being Leeds fans being confident because. Uh, you know, City are perfectly set up. Well, you can argue that, that Leeds are perfectly set up for City yeah, to go at them as well because they, they will come out. And if you come out and leave spaces for, for, for City, they usually exploit them. It's about finishing with City as it always is. If they finish the chances tomorrow, I'd back City to win the game. Uh, I'd also back them to concede during the game. So I, I, I'm confidently predicting there'll be goals. And I, th I think as long as City get it right in terms of the finishing, I think the City will, will, will edge it. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think 3-2 to City, perhaps. It'll all depend on how City approach the game because I made this point yesterday when I was speaking to the Leeds Live guys that Marcelo Bielsa won't change his approach for anyone. He's going to play exactly the same, but we know that Pep Guardiola does like to change his approach to suit certain coaches or certain opposition. So if City get their approach right, they should have no problems because they are the better side. But it's it's whether that approach and that mentality we saw that they went to Norwich last season and the mentality wasn't there and they got they got beaten three two and it was a similarly newly promoted confident side with nothing to lose. So I'd I'd back a City win, but like you say, I'm, I'm expecting goals and uh, I would think that if City do turn up and get everything right, then they should win. But they're not going to have it easy by any stretch at Ellen Road. So I think. If we leave it there, thank you to everyone for the comments today. Thank you, Stu, for your insight on uh, on all things transfers and how the season's gone so far. And uh, we'll be back for another Facebook Live fairly soon and also for another Talking City podcast, uh, which you can get via the usual channels. Thank you. <laughs>